0: Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, stepping away from COVID and police and all kinds of stuff that kind of just brings us down a little bit, right? Let me tell you a story that might change your mood. This morning as I read through this story, as I learned about the life of uh, the, this man, I was encouraged. I was encouraged to uh, to work harder, to give more, to be more charitable, uh, to someday maybe rise to a level uh, financially where I can consider myself a, a philanthropist, right? Uh, things are a little too humble in the Lonsbury home right now to, to be considered a, a philanthropist. Uh, but hey, maybe someday. Someday. The, the story starts in uh, 1982. Actually, it starts well before that. It starts in 1931 when a young man was born. Uh, He lived a little bit of life. He joined the United States Air Force as a radio operator, served during the Korean War. And after the war, he came back, he teamed up, with a fellow member of the Air Force, a fellow airman, and they looked at the idea of selling things duty-free, right? Uh, Selling things directly to consumers uh, at a price that is uh, absent import tax, all right? Uh, Don't get distracted on that, but uh, he came up with a pretty good business model. And so as you, over the years, have encountered duty-free shopping, if you've ever heard that phrase, duty-free, if uh, uh, you're at the airport and you see that uh, uh, there's wine or liquor, duty-free, or other items there, uh, you uh, can attribute that uh, back to this man who was born during the Great Depression in New Jersey, uh, to parents uh, who came from uh, Northern Ireland. And that duty-free business would grow. He would grow and grow and grow. Initially, uh, he was selling liquor to servicemen. And there were others who noticed, oh, those deals are pretty good. And so the business grew and the business grew and the business grew. And the revenue and profits eclipsed the billion-dollar mark. And it kept going and it kept going. And ultimately, this man, Chuck Feeney is his name, Charles Francis Feeney, Chuck Feeney, uh, would become a billionaire, a billionaire. And in 1982, he founded something called the Atlantic Phil- Philanthropies. The Atlantic Philanthropies. What was the objective of the Atlantic Philanthropies? It was to give away everything that Chuck Feeney had earned. No, this isn't some kind of scam. He came up with this plan. He earned all this money and decided that with it, he would not spend it on himself, uh, but rather he would look out into the world and find problems that could be solved with his money, and he would head full steam ahead right into that issue. And so it was that since 1982, uh, Charles Feeney, Chuck Feeney, has been giving his money away. He right now lives in San Francisco. He's almost 90 years old. He lives in San Francisco in a rented apartment. He doesn't own a car. Uh, If he flies, he's flying economy class. He wears a a, a real humble $10 Casio watch. He's been seen coming and going from meetings uh, with reading materials uh, tucked into one of those plastic grocery bags. And he, over his career, has amassed uh, north of $8 billion dollars. Why do I tell that story today? Uh, Well, it was just yesterday that the goal of the Atlantic Philanthropies uh, was met. When he started in 1982, 38 years ago, it was decided by Mr. Feeney that the giving away of his money would have a timeline. And that timeline ran out just yesterday. The reason for the timeline? Well, it was to map out their progress and to map out their objectives and to have a goal and to have a timeline on which to work. Well, uh, he talks a bit about that, uh, and I want you to hear in his own words uh, what his views are on giving away all this money in the fashion that he's chosen to do so. I'm not here to tell anybody what they should do with their money. If you make your money, you do what you want with it. But I'm just convinced that uh, the satisfaction one can achieve... From helping people, there's a level of satisfaction that you can't get otherwise. He expands a bit here on that happiness and what made him happy. It was was by 1980 that I started thinking about what, what, uh, where's all this leading? Know, what am I going to do with it? Uh, you know, I'm a guy who said that I could be happy uh, with a grilled cheese and tomato sandwich. Sounds good. I could, go for, I could go for grilled cheese and tomato-tomato sandwich right now. Uh, lastly, here from Feeney, he talks about uh, what it means and what it's like to help and make the world a better place. I know that's flowery language, but the thing is, there are some people who live a life and they are able to amass such tools that they can quite literally change the world. As you sit in the world and you look around you, you say, well, why would you, why would you reduce the amount of good you can do if there's a lot of good that's uh, required? All right. Bill Gates and Warren Buffett, they took note, right? There's a club of billionaires. There aren't many in the club. Uh, Maybe someday you and I will get to join that club. Uh, (laughs) uh, But right now, as the club stands, uh, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, they're uh, some of the leaders of that club, and they noticed. They noticed what uh, this Chuck Feeney was up to, and it inspired them. It inspired them to kick off what you may have heard of before called the Giving Pledge. Essentially, it is a challenge extended to uh, you know, the most wealthy of people around the world to come up with a plan to put all of their wealth uh, to good use. In the early days, the challenge was uh, you, billionaire, are challenged to give away all of your money before you die. The challenge was to die broke. I might be able to pull that off right now, even the challenge of these billionaires was to die broke. And if you make your way over to the Giving Pledge website, what you'll find there are a number of billionaires and millionaires who have accepted the challenge. And you will find documents signed by the, these men and women themselves outlying uh, what they're calling their charitable giving plan. I got curious. I wondered how many Utah's were on that list. And, well, uh, there is one you could probably guess. Uh, John Huntsman, Sr., uh, John and Karen Huntsman are on here they have signed the challenge and they pledge uh to do away with much of their wealth uh, the the late John Huntsman of course uh let me read to you from this letter when John Huntsman accepted the challenge uh, which was handed down by Warren Buffett and inspired uh by uh, Chuck Feeney, who has, as of yesterday, uh, given away over $8 billion, the, uh, almost the full extent of his entire life's work. Uh, before we go to break, here is the charitable giving plan of John Huntsman before he passed away. This letter signed in June of 2010. My pledge to give my entire fortune to curing cancer and assisting, uh, and assisting related other charities was formalized decades ago. As my sweet mother took her last breath in my arms and succumbed to the cancer she could no longer fight, I realized that our humanitarian focus must center on cancer. I saw with clarity the vision that the Huntsman fortune is a means to cure cancer and that my purpose on earth is to facilitate the research which will illuminate its mysteries. He talks then about how uh, his money has moved around. Most of my shares of our company's stock have already been donated to our family charitable foundation and are not at our family's disposal. Moreover, most of our other assets are already pledged to charitable causes. The Chronicle of Philanthropy listed our family as donating $1.2 billion to past charitable causes or foundations. You and I, we're not going to become billionaires. But the principles are the same. What Chuck Feeney here described as what made him happy was when he was helping others. And I don't get too touchy-feely on this program, uh, but the magnitude of the example set by this gentleman, who still walks the earth today, right, who still sleeps in that uh, humble apartment in San Francisco, still wears that $10 Casio watch, he set an example that you and I can follow. So maybe it's not with $8 billion, uh, maybe it's with $5.00. Maybe it's with $10. Uh, Maybe it's with a phone call or a high five. Let's be charitable. I'm going to do my best to to be that way and follow the example of Chuck Feeney. uh, And I extend that same invitation to you. Quick break. When we return, uh, we are going to be speaking with a coworker of mine, a sharp mind, Dave Cawley, the host of The Cold podcast. There are some significant updates, some discoveries, some phone calls, wiretaps, all of it. Been undiscovered. uh, All of this having to do with the Josh Powell case. Dave Colley, host of Cold Next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com